Hello, everyone, and welcome. You are listening to the Road Back Home podcast, a podcast dedicated to the complexities of the human experience and specifically the healing journey within that experience. We are super excited that you're here. If you hear something that you like or that you have a question about or a critique of, or if you're interested in coming on the show or have a recommendation of someone to come on the show and share their story and their individual healing journey, you can reach out to me at the road back home podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is the road back home podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for being here. So today I'm here with Jennifer Anderson, who is a longtime uh, family friend of mine. Um, She is the founder of Thankful Hearts Coaching, and she is a transformational mindset coach. And I'm super excited to have her here today to um, share her story with me. Um, I've also been working with her in the setting of um, being coached by her for several months now, and it's been huge in my own healing journey. So I'm really excited to have this opportunity. Thanks for coming on the show. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, So the first thing that I want to ask you before we really get into how your story has unfolded over the years is what does healing look like to you? How would you describe it? Healing is different for everybody. So to me, healing is anything that puts you back in a better mindset that allows you to be comfortable in your own skin, that gives you the opportunity to really flourish and and thrive in the environment that you live in. Um, It could be different, I mean, different for everybody. For me, healing was a lot of, it was along the lines of a spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. It was, it's been along the lines of finding better quality people to have in my life. Not that there's anything wrong with some of the people, but they just weren't the right people for me. Um, and allowing myself to say that was okay, mm-hmm. that, I could, that I could do that, that I could have not have those people in my life. Um, I think for some people, healing is physical. Mm-hmm. I think for some, it's emotional and spiritual. Um, and I think everybody just has to understand that they have to do their own healing in their own way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. So I will definitely be interested in asking you, um, some further questions about some of the, um, like relationships and the quality of the people, um, in your life and how your journeys kind of intersect, um, in a way that yields your own healing. But before we get into that, um, I would just kind of like to know how you would describe your journey to where you are today, pursuing your dream as a life coach and and really um, kind of, you know, going into this new chapter of your life and kind of what has led you to this place? Yeah. Um, So for me, I really didn't know I wanted to be a life coach. Like I had not a clue. I know at one time I kind of wanted to be a counselor and then it was like, yeah, I don't know. And and I'm not going to go into that story um, probably ever. But because uh, it's something I want to keep behind me, but I had a really horrible encounter with a therapist um, from way back when. And uh, I mean, I had a great encounter with another therapist. She was amazing and she was my counselor. But this one kind of made me think that counseling was maybe not for me, which I was good with. Um, so I started down some different paths. And when I moved to Bellevue, I knew that I wanted to make some changes, but I didn't really know what. 
And um, one of the things that kind of hit me was the fact that um, people always came to me with their pop with their problems, no matter what they were, or they just found that I was the person they needed to talk to. And so I was like, well, this is interesting. And my boss kept telling me, he probably told me for three years, you need to look into life coaching. You really need to look into life coaching. And so what kind of really made me pursue even looking into life coaching and actually what I took was, was more health coaching courses um, because I feel like they're so linked. Our health is, is so linked to how we live our life is that I was listening to Rachel Hollis's book on tape, Girl, Wash Your Face. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know what she was talking about. I can't even tell you. I haven't listened. I don't think I've even listened to it since that day. But I was cleaning house and I had it on and, it, and I was listening to it and I was crying, like ugly crying, bawling. And I was like, okay, I was like, first of all, this could be me. I could be saying all of this. And second of all, this is a lot of what my life has looked like in different ways. Not that it looked a lot like, like not specifically, but in different ways. I was like, yeah, I went through something similar to that, or I went through that kind of thing. And I was like, okay, I need to really. And so I turned off the, the book on tape and I sat down and I got out my phone and I started researching life and health coaching. And when I ran across Health Coach Institute, I realized they had a, um, like a 72 hour trial. And I was like, okay, let's try this. Let's see what this is. It was expensive, but it was, it's been so worth it. And I'm just about done with their mastery courses. Um, and so I'll complete those by the end of the year. And then I'll have, I'll have four certificates out of the whole thing. I'll have my health coaching, my life coaching. I already have um, those two and I have a third. It's a transformational coaching. And then I will have mastery transformational coaching. Okay. Um, so I will have four certificates. So honestly, the whole thing came down to, I knew I wanted to help people. I just didn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. I thought working in a church would be the fulfilling way. And I think for a while, I love doing youth work, but I feel like maybe that time is coming to an end for me. I've been doing it for almost 14 years. So maybe now this is the new direction that I'm supposed to go and follow. And it seems to be going really well. And I feel like the testimonials that I'm getting from my current clients, the things that they're saying, the way things are going, I just feel like it's going in the right direction and it's, it's where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, that's, that's really amazing. Um, have you, what were some of the sentiments that you, that were really like ringing true for you on that day that you kind of had this um, realization that you wanted to look into coaching? It was just an overwhelming urge of, I could do this. I was almost saying what she was saying before she was saying it or as she was saying it. And I was like, I could do this. This could be me. Why am I not? I know I think one of the things, and again, I, I really, I don't remember what she was talking about. I don't remember what, what chapter I was in. I was just so engrossed in it. But I remember thinking, I just said this to somebody the other day. And I was like, I, I'd already done it. Like I was already on that path. And I don't know, it kind of just was this overwhelming, 
almost like God came down from heaven and hit me over the head and said, okay, do you hear me now? Are you feeling me? Um, and so it was just this overwhelming urge of, I need to do this and I need to do this for me as much as I need to do this for other women who might have something, have a story to tell Yeah, because we all do. And we all need to get our stories out there. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that. And that's, um, one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to start this project is because, you know, everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has a journey leading them to where they are now. And then, you know, kind of how that plays into where they want to go. Um, so I'm curious about how, um, what your story has been like leading up to, um, now. So just kind of like a brief overview, I guess, of like your life up to this point. Okay. Um, we'll start there. Um, just whatever you're comfortable sharing about, yeah. about what has led you to where you are today. And even some of the motivations behind, um, you know, the, um, the notion of extraordinary women, like yeah. allow, um, you know, doing what you can to help your clients reach. Um, and, and I think the people in your life in general, whether they're clients or not, yeah. um, really pursue that best self. So what, um, what did your life look like up to this point and then how has that impacted your story? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I realized even before I started getting into life journey, into my, my life coaching journey is that I had some things that were kind of holding me back from my childhood that I just didn't really realize. Um, I always kind of knew there were parts that, you know, there's always parts of your childhood that you don't like or that you didn't agree with or, you know, whatever. It wasn't like it was bad. It was always very good. I feel like I always had that happy little childhood, but I never really knew why I hated school so much, like where that came from. And so when I started really doing some soul searching and started into my healing process, um, Again, this was before I started even thinking about life coaching. It was just kind of in there. Um, I realized that I had had some experiences when I was a child um, that led me to feel very inadequate, mm. that led me to feeling like I wasn't smart enough, like I wasn't good enough. Um, as a matter of fact, Dave and I were cleaning out our garage the other day and I found this binder that had old um, report cards in it from grade school. And I don't know why I have them. I think actually they're just something my mom had given me and I've just never gotten rid of. But I was looking at them and they're perfectly fine report cards. But I also went to a very small parochial school and I'm sure that I was the one girl because it, it flashed like I had this flash and I went oh I was the one girl that didn't get straight A's now whether or not that's really true I don't even know but for some reason that's what went through my head and that's where some of my self-doubt came in at some of my um why bother why try so i spent a lot of time doing that and actually when i got to high school um i didn't really ever try and then i met this great friend of mine um who encouraged me to try you might know her <laughs> do you believe her name's heather heffernan um but she's probably i always tell people if it weren't for her i don't know that i'd have gotten through high school and that's really scary if you think about it. 
but I'm not, I always said it kind of jokingly, but I'm not sure it's not true. I'm not sure I would have done as well as I did in high school. And I didn't do well. I mean, I was very average, very mediocre. I think if you took a whole class list, I was probably smack dab in the middle, which is fine. The one thing I learned I could do was work. I could be good at that. But even at work, I would try to like, so I worked for Shopco for a long time. I was a cashier. I would try to move up. And it was always like, no, you're not quite there. You know, so it was just never quite good enough. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that that's what was holding me back, that was actually one of the driving forces to me going back to college okay. and getting my degree because I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Cause I had to start completely over, like nothing transferred. And I graduated with honors. I mean, wow. yeah, it's an associate's degree, but you know what? I did it with honors. Yeah, I ended up with amazing. a 3.94. This coming from the girl that was very mediocre, very average. And that made me start wanting to dig more, dig deeper and find more things. And what that led me to was that there are other women out there, people out there, but especially women that don't know they have these things holding them back. They've just always lived this life because it's who they are. It's what they're supposed to do. Nobody has ever asked them to be extra for anything. And so, yes, I call my group extraordinary women, but I always pronounce it extraordinary because I want them to feel extra. Extraordinary is a great word too, but I love that word extra. You should have extra in whatever you're doing. Should be extra special, extra amazing, and extraordinary all in the same breath. And so I do... I do strive to get people to do, to be their best self, but I also have learned, especially over the last year, that there are people in my life, there are people that I'm going to encounter that don't want that. And that's okay. We can still love them. We can still care about them. We can still be a part of their lives, but they have to stay over here because we can't push the other side to them, you know, and that's, it's a hard one. But that's probably the biggest lesson I've been learning lately is mm-hmm. that not everybody wants that push. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to take that extra step. Yeah. So. So what does, um, just from some of the work that you've done, what does that idea of like the, the, the extra, the concept mm-hmm. of extra, how does that manifest in um, the lives of the women that you've seen around you or in your own life? Um. I think it shows up just in, you know, what, what they're willing to invest in themselves for, what they're willing to, um, how they're willing to put themselves forward Mm -hmm. and out there. Um, If they're not willing to take a step or even a leap of faith and say, you know, I'm going to go do this. Like I know almost instantly when I start coaching with someone, if they're not going to do the action steps, they're not ready. Mm -hmm. And there's really no reason to waste their time and my time. Um, But if they are doing the action steps or they're going above and beyond in the action steps, then 
they're there and I'm willing to just dig in with them and just go that much further. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a give and take thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but you, you really find out right away. Um, so we just did a, uh, a 21 day post challenge in my Facebook group. Um, and I will say that brought out about 15 women that, I was like, okay, these women are ready to work on themselves. They, I had nine that successfully did all 21 day posts. Um, and several others that, that at least did a few mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yes, there was a giveaway involved and that was probably most of the motivation. But what I'm starting to see is that they're still engaging. Mm -hmm. They're still part of that. They, they want that. And I think they're starting to crave that interaction with each other. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that's where you really start to see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And I'm really happy to hear that so many women were engaging with each yes. other on that. Um, one thing that I was wondering about that you um, kind of touched on earlier was feelings of um, inadequacy. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that, um, you know, you've, you've done work with um, women who are feeling insecure in certain areas of their life or like something in particular is holding them back, whether it's, um, you know, mental health or, um, you know, certain elements of their life circumstance or whatever the case may be. So what are the um, approaches that you've seen to be most effective in terms of um, really being able to, um, cross those barriers and, and combat um, feelings of inadequacy? I think for everybody, it's a little different again. Um, but really the, the key is acknowledging it mm -hmm. and knowing it's there. I know for me, one of the things that would always happen is there's a story from my childhood and it's, it's publicly out there. I've put it out on several things, but it's a story from my childhood and it's, it's just one one piece of that whole event that happened, but it's the picture that I get whenever I start to feel like I'm inadequate mm -hmm. and not good enough. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand why it would always pop in my head. Like I would see, so it was all about um, me being with a childhood friend and her mom actually babysat me and how she spent a lot of time I don't think she was trying to be mean. I don't think she was trying to, honestly, I don't think she was trying to belittle me, but she did belittle me. She always told me I wasn't smart as her. I, I didn't go to the right school. I wasn't the right religion. Like I had any control over any of that. You know, it wasn't like I could say, Hey mom and dad, I don't want to go here. I think I tried that. That didn't work. <laughs> um, you know, let's be honest. Um, but she would run. So we, her mom babysat other people. And there were five or six of us that were within three years of each other age-wise. And so she would run these little contests and they were almost always coloring contests. So you also have to know, I fathom, I hate coloring. <laughs> and I think it stems because to some of that, of that. <laughs> yeah. but I just despise oh. the thought of coloring. Um, but she would run these contests. And so one day I was super excited because there were only like two other kids and myself. And I thought, I'm going to win. I'm going to do really well on this and I'm going to win. I mean, it was not even about what she gave away as a prize because I think it was nothing. I mean, I don't think we got anything out of it, but 
it was that I was finally going to win in her eyes. Yeah. And I didn't. And I remember being really upset. And I remember asking her, why? Why did you choose that one when this one is mine and it's so much better? And she said, oh, Jen, you can't win. You're my best friend. You don't get to win. And I didn't understand. I was like, what? What does, what does that have to do with anything? But that was the way she saw it. She saw it because I was her best friend. Therefore, we had to let everybody else win. I never could. And so I just accepted it. I just kind of went on. But when I start to feel really inadequate, so that day we were down in her basement. I see her plain as day. I see another girl that was there with us plain as day. I see the basement. Her dog will come into view. She had a dog named Pokey. Sorry, just makes me laugh. Um, her dog will come into view. And I just see it so plain. So when I start to go, I'm not good enough, that's the image that pops into my head. Wow. Now I get it. But for years I didn't, that image would pop into my head and I would be like, what the heck? I didn't, I didn't understand. I was like, why, you know, but now I get it. And I can recognize that that's my self doubt creeping in. Mm. That's me feeling inadequate. And am I really inadequate for this? I mean, there are things I am not a firm believer that anybody can do absolutely anything if they put their heart and soul into it. I don't know that I believe that. I believe you can learn anything if you really want to, but I don't know that you're always going to be great and successful at it. I think there are things that certain people were created to be successful at, and there are other things that other people are. But I, so I think you have to evaluate, am I really inadequate? Like truly am I, and this is never going to be in my strength. Or am I just letting the fear get in, in and grab a hold of me? And am I just going to always be afraid of it? Yeah. And so that's really how my healing process has began and has gone. And I just really feel like everybody has to find their own, whatever that fear is, whatever that self-doubt. And that's why, I don't know if you remember, but in my group, the very first course that I did with my people, with my ladies was a self-doubt course. Mm -hmm. And it's the one course I have available for purchase right now, because I feel like it's so important that that's where people need to begin. Because yeah. if you don't know what self-doubt you have and where it's holding you back, you don't know how to move forward from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that you share a story from childhood that continued to be um, kind of the manifestation mm -hmm. of those feelings in throughout your adult life as well. Mm -hmm. Because I do think that oftentimes these feelings do start to build um, for people as children. And that can be for a whole number of reasons. Oh yeah. But I find that really, really fascinating that that is, and I think that it's always really interesting to kind of look, um, at, you know, how we oriented in the world as children and how certain um, relationships that we yeah. had or experiences that we endured that maybe we didn't fully understand at the time can really shape 
um, a lot of these things and really um, cause those feelings of inadequacy. Um, yeah. And absolutely. I do think it's very, very common. Again, I mean, I think it can happen to, um, you know, people of all gender identities, but I think that, that, that um, women specifically deal with this a lot yes. because of societal pressures and um, I think different expectations in general. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's really, really interesting. Um, and so kind of playing on that a little bit more, um, I'm really curious to know what advice you would give your younger self. And I want to break this up even further. So um, I want to break it up into what, what you would, what advice you would give yourself at 11, 22 and 33. Okay. And the reason I chose those is because I love the number 11. That's okay. the only reason. Okay. <laughs> so I'm interested to know what, like looking back on those times in your life and on how, um, how these, these feelings were present within you, um, or what things were not present. I mean, whatever, um, whatever that looks like, I'd like to know what advice you would give. And it can be really, it can be simple if that's okay. what you prefer. So I think my 11 year old self, I would tell to probably speak up more for myself to probably advocate more. I don't know that I did that. I think I tried a couple times and it kind of got shot down. And so I just let it go. But I think I would tell my 11 year old self to advocate more, mm -hmm. follow your instincts, do what you feel is right. I think my 22 year old self, I would say, don't try to grow up too fast. Enjoy this time in your life. Um, savor what being 21, 22, 23, under 25 even has to offer. And don't, and I could say that to you too, but mm -hmm. don't feel that you have to totally embrace adulthood all the way yet. Take advantage of some of those, those opportunities. Um, 33, I think I would tell her that the best is yet to come and that she just needs to keep going forward. Just keep moving forward. Um, my early thirties was a little rough. I got divorced around 29 to 30. Then I went through a really rough relationship um, where I was really hardcore in love. That was worse than the divorce, to be honest with you, was was breaking up with him and it turned out to be like the biggest blessing in disguise. And I've now been able to see that, but at the time I didn't get it. So I think she would just need to know the best was yet to come and she just needs to keep moving. That's really inspiring. So. Yeah. When on that, that idea, um, obviously, you know, you're, um, this is, you know, everything you're doing with coaching and all of the, all of the work you're doing around that is fairly new and, um, you know, things are just kind of getting started for you in that journey. So what um, makes you feel excited about the future and how do you plan to bring your journey up to this point into that? Um, well, the whole thing is exciting. I mean, the whole thing is just, I do love helping people and the opportunity that's out there. So right now, um, actually this weekend, they are Health Coach Institute is having an online summit. And um, 
don't worry about the replay. It's all good. <laughs> I can watch it anytime. But well, I was listening to it yesterday a little bit and the founder of one of the, the founders, um, Eric Nooner was saying how he's noticing that more people are opening up to life coaching and wanting to have it. And you know that one of my goals and dreams is to get into some workplaces and help, help with that aspect and kind of help build employee morale mm -hmm. and keep employees motivated and make sure they're being utilized in the right ways and, and to their strengths and, and that, you know, managers understand what's going on and, and all of that. And those opportunities, that's amazing. I mean, there's just so much out there and, and so many, I mean, I know several life coaches, not even just ones I've trained with, but just others that I've now met along the path. And we're all uniquely different. We all have our own gifts, our own talents, our own strengths, and we all see it even though, so I met another gal online and she is also a mindset coach and a transformational mindset coach at that. And she does things, and she went through health coach institute. She does things so much different than I do. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. Cause at first I was like, Oh, we're going to compete and we're going to be, and, but we're not, all we can do is help each other. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's just this amazing thing. We inspire each other. We can build off of each other. You know, she might say something that triggers me and I go, well, yeah, she's going to go that route, but I would take it this way. And I would do it that way. And so we all have our own greatness in it. Um, so that's, I think that's the exciting part. As far as bringing my journey in, um, I tell my story whenever I can, because I feel like it's important. And I feel like, I mean, that's only a portion of it. Um, I just feel like there are all these different aspects of my life. And as I continue so I have my own coaches. Um, I have several. Um, and as I continue to work with them, I'm finding different things. Um, like, why do I like to sleep so much? What's that about? I mean, I could go back and tell you the first night I was home from the hospital, which I was two days old, my mom said I slept through the night. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I always tr attributed it to that, but it makes me wonder yeah, sorry. Okay. If um, if there isn't something else, if it wasn't a safety thing, you know, what did I experience that I haven't found that maybe I, I kind of use sleep now as a comfort thing. So yeah. when I'm stressed, when I, one of the things is when I don't want to get up and go to work and be there on time, mm -hmm. I sleep in. So, you know, where am I? finding that comfort mm -hmm. or, or what's what's causing me to look for that comfort and so i have a sneaky hunch that um some of that is is due to stress from from when i was a kid so that journey will always i will continue to just uncover things and and continue to bring that story and and add to it yeah yeah i can definitely relate um to the feeling of safety and comfort and kind of self-soothing that comes in just being like, you know what, I'm just gonna either go back to bed mm -hmm. or I'm gonna go take a nap, which isn't to say that those things aren't good, but right. I absolutely seek safety um, in that as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and just kind of being able to like shut things out when in reality, maybe there's something I need to be looking at. <laughs> right. um, 
you know, I do think, I mean, sleep is really important and I think naps are great, but I think, yeah, it's, um, that's interesting that, that you shared that. Um, so the last, um, kind of question that I have here is how would you define your mission statement at this point in your life? You know, that's a good question because I really have not come up with one. I've been thinking about it a lot, but I've not come up with one. But I think if I had to say, I would say it's all about helping people find who they are in this world and who they need to be and how they bridge that gap. Mm. Like just so making sure that they are where they need to be or working towards it, you know, moving forward towards it. Um, and that they're not just living this stagnant, boring life that maybe could be so much more. And I think that's where the extraordinary comes in. Yeah, I love that. And I, it has been so, it has been my privilege to get to, um, you know, continue to hear more details of your story and of what's led you to this point, as well as to um, work with you both as your client and then just in our relationship that has existed literally since I was born. So um, is there anything else that you um, would like to, to talk about that you want to bring into this space? Um, I can't really think of anything. I think that, I mean, the, the things that are huge for me are just understanding what's underlying mm-hmm. in anybody's, you know, what's, what's there in your psyche that's, that's telling you things aren't working. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I really love is self-care. Yeah. Um, just taking care of yourself, doing it for you so that you can still take care of others. Mm-hmm. I think that's our biggest challenge in this world is that we feel like we have to go, go, go. And if we don't, we're failing and, and you know, heaven forbid we stop to do something for us. Um, and, and we just have to take that time and, and do that because we can't really take care of anybody else unless we take care of ourselves first. Yeah. So I think that's important. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think um, that that, wraps it up then but i um i would invite you real quick to share your um website and your instagram and those kinds of things so that listeners at home can Absolutely. go and check out what you've got going on um yes so everything is actually under thankful hearts coaching so the website is thankfulheartscoaching.com the instagram is thankful hearts coaching uh the facebook is actually thankful hearts coaching is the business facebook page um, yeah. And the email is super easy too. It's thankful hearts coaching at Gmail. Perfect. Well, that so, makes it, that yeah. makes it pretty easy to keep we did it all. Yeah. Awesome. Well, very good. Thank you so much Thank for you. talking with me yeah, today. It was and fun. Yes. I look forward to seeing how things continue to unfold for you. Absolutely. So thanks Sybil. Thank you. This has been the Road Back Home podcast. We're so excited to have you along for this journey with us. Thank you for listening. And once again, if you are interested in coming on the show or know of someone who may be interested, or if you have any sort of comments or feedback that you would like to share, you can let me know in an email to the Road Back Home podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is the Road Back Home podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us on this healing journey.